This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straup welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 22nd? Yes, September 22nd. We have a few big names we want to hit on the episode today. We're going to talk a little bit of Bam Adebayo after his insane... Insane? Is that the right word? Uh, Playoff run? It's appropriate, sure. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of Giannis Antetokounmpo and his outlook moving forward in fantasy leagues and the return of Gordon Hayward. And I'm joined to do this by the man whose voice you just heard a second ago, Ryan Knaus. Ryan, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you back. It's been a, a minute here. Uh, how uh, how have you been? I've been well, enjoying the playoffs. Uh, you know, our, our colleague Jared Johnson and I are working on some behind-the-scenes uh, stats. We're trying to run correlations. We're working on a new type of rankings for fantasy, which is weighted by uh, statistical scarcity. So hopefully you'll see that roll out in the in the near future. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes, even though it's a you know relatively slow time of the year for us NBA NBA gurus. Whoa, that's a those those are big doings right there. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, blocks will be more weighted, etc. Exactly. Yes. So and so stats that are easier to find or more widely dispersed will be weighted slightly less. For instance, you can find scoring and then we're going to try to figure out like our okay, so points are more heavily weighted in the top 40 and then do some sort of scaled down weighting. So, it's a it's a work in progress, but we think it'll yield a really really helpful more nuanced look at the fantasy landscape than we've maybe ever seen before, Matt. I feel like Jared has to be wildly excited about this because there (laughs) have been times that I've been talking to him about player rankings on Basketball Monster, which we all use, which is obviously a good ranking site, but there are some players who seem like they kind of, for lack of a better word, cheat the rankings a little bit. You know, someone like, I'll just throw Rashawn Holmes out there, right? He was mm-hmm. a top 30 guy this year. He was really good, but his percentages and low turnovers seem to play into his ranking. So maybe a guy like Rashawn Holmes is going to take a hit in your weighted rankings possibly because he doesn't do anything that remarkable in you know a I rare be- category other than his blocks. Yeah, I, I think so. And Jared, I will say, is the inspiration for this project. Um, I'm trying to bring my statistical know-how t- to it as best I can. But yes, Rashawn Holmes will probably take a dive. Uh, Jared had pointed out someone like John Morant, who is too low in the rankings. And there are probably dozens of players that we would both have drafted behind John Morant, even though he technically falls behind them if you just go on z scores so yeah we're just trying to figure out a better way to do it and 
it's a fun it's a fun conversation to have in in the first place it's hard not to picture you guys with the full beautiful mind wall going somewhere obviously you guys are not <laughs> together but that that's pretty much what i picture it's on slack yeah <laughs> uh and this will do we have a target date for launch for this uh, hopefully for the NBA draft guide for 2020-21. So we don't know when that season's going to start, so we don't know nope. when, when it'll launch, but that's the idea. We don't know anything. We assume it's going to start in 2020. Is it going to just be the 2021 season? Whoa. Think about that. I have thought about it. I just blew your mind, didn't I? <laughs> okay. All right. We have, as I said, we have a few names we want to discuss here in some detail. Let's talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo first. Since our last episode came out, he won his second straight MVP. Obviously, he was incredible this season. During the regular season, 29.5 points, 13.6 boards, 5.6 assists, 1.0 steals, 1.0 blocks, 1.43s. Ryan, I want to talk to you, and I guess this kind of fits into what we were just talking about, actually, with fantasy rankings. Giannis's free throw percentage over the last four seasons, as you may have noticed, has gone from a high of 77.0 to 76.0 the next year, to 72.9 last year, to 63.3 this year with a whole lot of attempts. He was 18th overall in nine category fantasy leagues, according to basketballmonster.com. He's a guy who's almost undoubtedly on name recognition alone going to go in the top 10 in fantasy leagues, probably and possibly in the top five. I ask you two questions. How concerned are you about those free throws and do you think people are taking Giannis too early and forcing themselves into a tough spot if they're playing in eight or nine category fantasy leagues so I think yes it's too early to draft him in the top five the 63 I'm very worried about the free throw percentage I mean you mentioned a career worst 63.3 percent during the regular season for a guy who attacks the rim for a living who teams wall off and then foul because they can't necessarily stop him he doesn't have three-point range at the moment so he's going to continue to attack he had 9.9 free throw attempts per game this year second most in the league behind James Harden so that's to shoot 63 percent on that volume is just devastating for that category so yes I, I think to answer the second question fantasy owners are definitely putting themselves in a tough spot where you're punting free throw percentage if you draft Giannis first. And that's okay if you have a strategy in mind, if you plan to pair him with someone else who, you know, who fits a punt free throw percentage build. But to me, I don't love it. And another thing, like he's super durable. He's only missed a handful of games, what, 27 games total in his first six NBA seasons. So that's, that weighs hugely in his favor. Against him is the fact that the Bucks are managing his minutes left and right. He's had a kind of chronic knee soreness. It does cap his upside because he played 30.4 minutes per game this regular season. He managed to increase his scoring for the sixth straight year to a career high 29.5. But if his if he's only playing 30 minutes a game, that caps his fantasy upside. So even though he's durable and even though he's going to fill all those triple-double categories with some defensive stats... The lack of three-point shooting and the free throw percentage are huge concerns for me. That's a really good point about the minutes, because as we talked about the free throws percentage declining, the minutes went from 36.7 to 32.8 to 30.4, as you said, the last three seasons. So that is a concern. And the other thing is, I've heard from 
fantasy managers at some point along the way about, you know, pulling off the punch strategy and it works. And, you know, there are certainly stories of people successfully mm-hmm. building a great fantasy squad, punting free throws. It's never worked for me. You don't hear about the ones that fail. <laughs> it's never it's never worked for me. And I think partially because you're just forcing yourself to drive down a narrower tunnel. You know, everything else has to be perfect. Yes. And yep. suddenly you can't lose assists if you lose if you're losing free throws every week, for example, you know, so your point guard gets injured or your one of your top point guard gets injured, suddenly you're you're gonna lose two categories automatically at the start of that week. So I just don't like taking a category off the board before a week starts. Nor do I. Nor I mean, do I. And you hit the nail on the head with you're intentionally limiting your path to victory. And you're putting heightened importance on a handful of players who are now absolutely essential for you. So if you draft, you know, you're drafting someone ahead of someone else just because they have bad free throw percentage, what, what sense does that make? And then if they get hurt, you're in deep trouble. So you could lose your second best player and your entire month is lost. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. make sense to me. On an unrelated note, a non-fantasy note, well, also a fantasy note, 30 points and 14 rebounds and six assists per game in 30 minutes per game is is really good. Ridiculous. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's, out, that's outrageous. So, obviously, we still think Giannis is an outrageous player, but fantasy-wise... It is a hard path to walk. I'll, I'll let someone else take him top six, put it that way. Yeah. I just think, I, watching the other teams in my league that had him, I think they were they were they had an uphill thing going on in eight or nine category leagues anyways. So the next name I want to hit, Ryan, is Bam Adebayo. We talked about his ridiculous block the other day. Steve and I did. I just wanted to get your thoughts on him because he continues to play great in the playoffs. He's getting better as the playoffs go on. So overall in 12 playoff games, 17.7 points, 11.4 boards, 4.8 dimes, 1.2 steals, 1.0 blocks, shooting 55.7 from the field, 82.4 from the line. Then when you just look at his last six games, he's at 20.8 points, 11 boards, 4.5 assists, 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks. Percentages are also great. Ryan, how early is Bam going to go for you in fantasy leagues based on what we've seen during these playoffs? Because... I'm starting to think about him as, you know, a borderline top 15, top 20 guy, mm-hmm. even though he was only th- only 38th in nine category leagues before the shutdown. What are your thoughts? He's probably will not. I mean, he, he won't be there after the second round. He was already kind of hyped up. He was going 40, 50 this year. After mm-hmm. this after this performance on a national stage, yeah, I think everyone's eyes have been opened that this guy is just an all-around monster. You know, he won the the skills challenge against a bunch of point guards and so forth uh, uh, during oh, the right. d- during the All Star break this year. He's he's the total package. I mean, he he averaged fifteen point nine points, ten boards, f- and the key for me, you know, the defensive stats are there, but also five point one assists, and that's the key. He is an excellent passer. He is a focal point of their offense. He will ha- his usage will probably continue to go up. I mean, he's young. This is only his third season in the nba so yeah he just turned 23 a couple months ago yeah so it's it's wild and uh yes he's only six nine but in today's nba that's fine to play center at six nine and we've seen what he and can point do guard. yeah <laughs> which he does <laughs> sure. sometimes yeah and uh i mean he doesn't have a three-point shot that would that would be just next level excellence but i think all of the numbers you just cited can go up so 
I think targeting him top 15 makes sense. Like somewhere in the even late first round, if I'm being wild about it, he's also super durable. He played 82 games in the 18-19 season. Just doesn't doesn't miss games. He's super healthy, and I, I think he's just going to get better and better. I wonder what his ceiling is block-wise. He's gone from 0.6 to 0.8 to 1.3 in his three seasons in the NBA, as all of his other numbers have risen. But to me... If he somehow gets to, you know, 1.8 blocks per game, let's say, or something like that, he's he's going, you know, into the stratosphere, I think, as a fantasy star. I'd think one and a half, one and a half for blocks and steals, something like that. Because, yes, his blocks and steals, like all of his numbers have improved, but it kind of tracks with his minutes. I'd have to take a closer look, but I think per minute he's kind of stayed level. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know how much, you know, in around 34 minutes this season – can that go up? Yes. But I don't, you know, I'm thinking one and a half, one and a half. But listen, if he's averaging close to 18 points a game, 10, 12 rebounds, five, six assists, and one and a half, one and a half, that's <laughs> that's crazy. That's ridiculous. With, with ex- excellent percentages, and he won't kill your free throw percentage. He's not a great free throw shooter, but he's not going to devastate you in that category like the aforementioned Giannis effect. No, and he's also been a 80-plus percent free throw shooter in the postseason after being a 69.1% this season and 73.5% the year before. So he is a guy who has a path to shooting 75% or better. And just in terms of Giannis, I guess the one thing that should be added to that discussion is it's not like we've never seen a guy fall apart in free throws and then fix it. You worry about the decline, but we did see Russell Westbrook, for example, become a complete mess at the free throw line and then get respectable again this year. So it's not like Giannis can't get back into the 70s, but it's a scary proposition with how many he shoots. The all-new Roto-World Premium subscription package has the tools and resources to help you dominate your fantasy leagues across all sports from draft to playoffs. Plus, get free access to our brand new sports betting tools from now to September 28th. That is less than one week away. As a listener of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, get $10 off any annual subscription to Roto World Premium. To find your edge, visit rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BKPOD10 at checkout. Ryan, the last name in this big three that we're talking about today is the least big of the three in terms of name, cachet, and recognition. Gordon Hayward is back for the Celtics. In his first game in over a month, he played 31 minutes, went for six points, five boards, four assists, with three steals, a block, and a three. Uh, Yeah, that's about all I got. (laughs) What what are your thoughts on Hayward? You mentioned you wanted to discuss him. The least big physically, too. You could have just gone with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, uh, Gordon Hayward, his impact in game three was so obvious to me. It It was fun to watch. Uh, and seeing him come back. Now, I will say I try to I strive for objectivity when talking about the NBA, but I have been chasing Gordon Hayward's haircut for the past couple years. So I have a personal sort of debt to him that I <laughs> that I owe. So it makes me kind of root for him in a in a personal way that I I shouldn't. Um, but in any case, it was good to see him back. The Celtics obviously needed him. He helped out their bench unit, gave them versatile defense playmaking when they needed it he only shot two of seven as you said six points but he was making plays for teammates he was solid on d played 31 minutes in his return too so obviously the celtics training staff isn't too worried about his ankle or conditioning even though he sat out a month with a grade three uh sprain so that was super encouraging 
And he's just really, you know, people have called him like a glue guy for the Celtics. And I think that's true. That's that they need that sort of X factor. And whether or not he comes off the bench or, or moves back into the starting lineup remains to be seen. But uh, he's had a great season. He shot 50% from the field this year, the highest percentage of his career. He averaged 6.7 rebounds per game this, mm-hmm. this season, another career high. Uh, he tied the second highest mark of his career with 4.1 assists, and he's just playing exceptionally well at 30 years old. Even on a team that's stacked with with young upcoming talent, with a star point guard and Kemba Walker, so uh, it's no surprise that his return helped Boston get their first win versus the Heat. And yeah, I, I think next year, from a fantasy perspective, as a fantasy manager, I wouldn't be afraid of drafting Gordon Hayward. He's been reasonably durable throughout his career. I think he's going to fall based on this, you know, now everyone has a kind of asterisk in their mind that he might be injury prone. But as I, I mean, all the stats I just cited, he's like playing at a career best level. So I'm, I'd be fine drafting him in the 50, 60 range even. You just answered every follow-up question I was going to ask. So well done. Um, Yeah. Once a guy gets to 30, as I've said a bunch of times, I start to at least... That at least becomes a factor for me. I have to decide whether I'm going to let that scare me off, basically. So, yeah, I guess Hayward is playing at a high enough level. Like you said, he did miss 19 games before the season shut down. So the injuries are a little bit of a concern. But I think where you're talking about it, you know, 60-ish, I think I'd personally wait a little longer. I would, But, yeah, I mean, 60, 70 something in the middle of a fantasy draft i think is a reasonable spot to target that him sounds and, healthier i i said 50 60, 50 would be a reach i i, I, th- well, I think you're right push it back and a as rounds. you said i mean you made clear the haircut is a factor here for you he's a top 45 guy in, in fantasy leagues this year when he was on the court so in nine category leagues i want to ask you though ryan how is you said you've been chasing the haircut where are we <laughs> uh we got Have close we, we got close once Okay. I, yeah, I actually went to a, a place where the barber was an avid. He, you know, I, in the course of discussion, I mentioned that I write about the NBA, and he was he was an avid NBA fan. So I actually told him I want the Gordon Hayward, and uh, oh, wow, and he he did a pretty good job. It wasn't quite there, and honestly, I think that haircut requires you need to get it done like every seven days, and I don't I don't have the cash on hand to necessarily <laughs> spend that much on my hair. But we 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 were there for one one sweet week, Matt. That's a power move to walk into a barber shop and say, "Give me the Gordon Hayward." <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that's amazing. Well, it, it must have been a glorious week in any case. It was truly wonderful. I felt you know just walked out of there feeling like a like a different person. <laughs> That about does it for us today, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We will be back on Friday to talk more about the NBA playoffs and recent trends, recent performances, haircuts, of which I desperately need one right now. Thanks to all of you for listening. Ryan, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.